beautiful day today outside. Very quiet. There are very few people out here, some gardening, some jogging on the street corners. The sun is shining down. Lawns and bushes all around me look very good. F few flags flying in the neighborhood. Sky is crisp blue. White clouds everywhere. It's a peaceful day. very much at peace today. I've been engaging in my spiritual practices of meditation, deep meditation and contemplation. I'm beginning to read some books that are very interested in spirituality and becoming a warrior, not a soldier or a person who goes rushing to the state capital carrying guns and automatic weapons, the type that our present president, Donald Trump, calls warriors. No, I mean real warriors. People who fight to hold on to the truth and to live the truth, to get rid of all of the darkness and deception that exists in their own hearts first and at the core of their communities and their institutions. Because that's what it means to be a peaceful warrior. It's about taking the sword of truth, cutting down all ignorance and all falsity so that one can be the shining light that she or he was meant to be when they entered into this earth. It's returning to the source in all one's being so that the external forces, all of the things that people suffer and fear, no longer affects one to the same degree. And the reason it doesn't is because one realizes that they are an eternal being. They realize that they are not just this life or just this body, but the person is the thing that animates the body. The thing that lives within the body and causes it to move and walk, to sing, to feel, to think. and everybody would laugh as he swooped down and picked up his hat put it back on his head but you see that time I was at a rehearsal 
where the monkey was being trained to pretend like he dropped his hat by mistake so he could pick it up and he could get a laugh. It was all part of the act. I think in our society, a lot of the things that happen on purpose or by mistake sometimes are just part of the act. And we get a lot of applause when we perform them. Not because of who we are, no. But because of what we do. Because we've learned to mimic the powers that be. And as a result of that, we get all the peanuts we want. Sometimes we are even the ones with the barrel. The one who scoops out the peanuts. better sometimes to live in a place where we can get our own peanuts and a vast array of fruits and foods that will keep us more healthy. What I'm talking about, I guess, is freedom. The type of freedom that many of us don't have anymore we won't have as long as we depend on others to bring us food and to make our clothing to do the skills that we had given up in order to search for greatness in a world based on materialism and the gathering of things. It is as though we've given up our blessing, our creative nature, our ability to search and seek out the beauty and the wonder for the little baubles we get, for the material things. With a bowl of beans. That isn't eternal. The things that pass away. So that we have to work every day trying to reclaim the beauty, the grace, and the rewards we receive every time we mimic other people's thoughts and ideas instead of creating our own. We find ourselves, when we do that, mimicking other people's ideas, living in a fantasy, instead of living in reality. We find ourselves becoming sad sometimes when we can't even explain why, or we become angry the same reason as the parts of ourselves that is closed off. That part insists on rising up 
it insists on being heard. But that part of ourselves is as valid, meaningful, and deserving as the rest. To be fully alive, we need to be able to express all parts of self. The question is, are we willing to do that? Or are we willing to keep going in the same direction, striving for that bowl of beans? That is the question. And the circumstances we find ourselves in bring that question more and more to the forefront. Because we have come in to an unprecedented time when people are telling us that the economy keeping the 1% afloat is more important than hundreds of thousands of lives and the pain and suffering that millions of people and their families are going to go through. Which is more important? Our lives or them having an abundance of abundance? We are working at Next Step Coaching to try to create a better world for ourselves and our children and our children's children. If you want to join in and help us, please go to our website at www.nextstepcoaching.mysite.com where you can buy one of our books, preferably the latest one. We are not alone. You will find a link to lulu.com where you can purchase it from them and the proceeds will help us keep our show going or else partake of one of our workshops on becoming the peaceful warrior by conquering the need to perform in order to gain self-worth and dignity. You can become a sponsor and you can help us by pledging $5 per month to help us with our radio shows and our other endeavors, just go to Ohm's Radio Show and you will find a link there. www.nextstepcoaching.mysite.com Give a little bit from yourself in order to make the world a better place. start doing what's really important in life is it really worth it to keep leaving the little silly lives that we lead right now trying to prove that we have worth 
because of the size of our paycheck or what kind of car do we drive or house we live in, especially if we live in a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood, but we don't even know any of the people who live next door to us. What kind of quality of life is that? I think what that quality of life is, is one that is based on a relationship, not between two human beings, or a human with a larger group they're part of, but a relationship with objects and things, thinking that things will fulfill us and make our lives beautiful. That culture comes from a people who were raised during a time when the winters were fierce, shelter and food was scarce, so they had to work as hard as they could in order to procure those things before they could start living a life of community. A life where they could commute with each other and talk with each other. But those days are over. Yet we still are burdened with that same culture. Thinking that the most important thing is to own many things. To have a lot before we can begin to have relationships with other people. But the truth is you see that all of those things are meaningless without the relationships we have lost sight we don't even know that the reason we needed those things before was not just so we could hide in our own little houses and watch TV listen to the radio maybe go out one or two nights a week and clump together in our own little groups then go home that's not why people during the days of scarcity wanted to own things and acquire things. They wanted to own them so that they could share them with other people. Somehow greed and fear has taken hold of us and people have begun to acquire things just for themselves. Trying to create little fiefdoms or little empires for themselves wanting to get other people to serve them a horrific type of laziness has developed in our culture nobody wants to do anything for themselves let alone for other people they have other people designated as servants for themselves you see ordering them around is what people want to do They don't want to buy into a culture that's better. The only way they want to do that is by climbing up this so-called ladder that allows them to make people do what they want. Everybody wants to be a little lord or a little king lording it over everybody else instead of knowing themselves. And instead of growing, instead of helping each other, and instead of measuring their worth 
by how much they are able to help each other and give instead of take. The problem is not scarcity in the world. The problem is the dominant culture in this world that does not permit us to be free. And the one that has obliterated the responsibility that each person has to be free without doing damage to the other. It's necessary for us to revive as human beings to be able to empathize those with those who are put down and to be able to use our gifts and talents to lift them up even as they do the same for us. It's time for us to learn to live in the world and enjoy the world. Time for us to learn to play. I was reading something that a doctor was saying about how people in their 70s and 80s and 90s just lived too long. He said their lives were useless because most of them stopped going to work and they would do things like ride bikes or take walks or enjoy life. And he said enjoying life like that was a waste of time. The only purpose for him was to be in the rat race working to strive to make money. When I read this, I said to myself, what an empty life he must have trying to run from himself by keeping busy. And what a foolish person this person is for all of the studying, for all of the working, for the gaining of all knowledge. This person has never lived has never gone out and looked up at the sky and better than that, has never touched the face of God within or without. Just one narrow-minded person put in a box, roaming around in that little box thinking that story about a frog who was hopping along and he found this big round hole. He jumped up on this round hole and there was this bucket there that was full of water. He leaned over and somehow he fell into the bucket. Before he could get out, some giant person came and they lowered the bucket into the well. That's what it was. He found out later. He jumped out of that bucket before they could lift it. They lifted it up and they left him down there alone. In this little hole, this little pond. And way up, he could see this light shining down. There he met another frog. This frog had been in that well all of his life. And he and the frog began to talk. He began to tell this little frog the wonders that he saw. 
he talked about waters that were so big that it took a long time to cross those waters and explore them. And the little frog said, well, are they this big? And he leapt as hard as he could and jumped into the middle of that well. And the frog from above said, no, no, way bigger than that. He said, how about this? And he leapt all the way across that whole well. And the frog from above said, oh no, 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 you don't understand. Miles long, so big that you couldn't even see the other side. And he said, there are these big green things called trees and stalks. And there's these flat leaves that you could sit on top of and rest. These are called lily pads. And every night we'd go down there, there'd be hundreds of us. And we'd sing and the sun would go down and we'd get dark. And all the singing was so beautiful. All over the land there'd be crickets and all kinds of things. And the little frog started thinking that he was trapped down there with someone who was mad. Because those things couldn't possibly exist. After about a week or two, the little frog at the bottom of the well got afraid. Thought that this one who came down there was crazy. Or maybe, if that was true, how frightening it would be. One day that bucket came back down. And the frog who came from above jumped and went in that bucket. Knowing that when that bucket went up, he'd be free again. He said, come on, to the little frog who had been down there all that time. Jump in the well and I'll take you back to my house. You can see all the stuff I was talking about. That little frog looked around at that home that he was used to. He looked around at that little well and the little safety that he had there. He thought of the little insects and things that he often caught and ate and how safe he was. And he said, um, no, I'll just stay where I'm at. You just go back where you've been to. I enjoy it here. As the well began to become smaller and smaller, the bottom of the well, as that frog was drawn up and out of the well, he knew he would be going home. He'd go back to those big ponds he was used to and see all of his friends and see the sun shine and hear the all of the trees and all of the beautiful things but that little well would contain that little frog down at its bottom and that little frog would stay down there the rest of his life thinking that was the whole world my question for every one of us is which frog are we? Which frog are you? The one at the bottom of the well playing it safe? Or the one who was lifted up and went back home to see the wonder and the beauty of the world that he had experienced and he knew that existed and he would go back to.
eventually. Becoming the Peaceful Warrior. Please visit our website and learn how you can learn in the comfort of your home to transcend the chains of the mind and be free. Passion.